0: Hello everyone, it is 7 a.m. on the east coast of the United States and 9 p.m. on the east coast of Australia and I welcome you to this live episode of A Yank on the Footy for September the 6th of 2021. I am Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio and I'm absolutely glad that you're listening. It's been about a month since I've done my last live episode. We've uh, gone back to start up the school year here and with the... uh, The way the schedule works out for me right now, it's not really easy for me to do a live episode where it's coming in in the evenings in Australia. I think I tried to do one uh, that was a morning episode there uh, the last time I went about doing this, but we're on a uh, national holiday here with it being Labor Day, celebrating uh, the labor force of the country, and they give us a day off today. So we've got that going for us. So before I dive into the episode, I wanted to take a... uh, a quick moment here and and thank all of you who had reached out to me over the last couple of weeks uh, regarding my little bit of a health scare that I had. Uh, for those of you that may not know, and, and maybe you just don't quite frankly care at all, uh, I did have a little bit of a, uh, a health scare where my blood pressure, and I kind of suspected that this was the case, um, was extraordinarily high. And uh, it turns out not as high as maybe it could have been. Uh, but I'm now taking some blood pressure medication, kind of a low dose, one of those. And, uh, the BP is, uh, looking pretty good right now. I checked it this morning and it was 134 over 76. So I think that might be about as, uh, as chill and as relaxed I can get as far as my blood pressure goes. So I appreciate all of you who had reached out. Uh, This is kind of a, you know, a long road for me to get, uh, get myself self-healthy again. I had done it once before and uh, kind of fell off the tracks and uh, looking to head back that direction again, so we shall see what happens. So I do want to go ahead and jump into the uh, the club of the round, and they are the Mount Lofty Devils, and they are a club that is a, a, uh, in the Adelaide area. They play out of the town of Heathfield, and they've got four senior teams as well as 13 junior teams, and... They play in the uh, Hills Football League and the South Australian Women's Football League in the SAFL as well. And a couple of weeks ago, they had the great fortune of having one of their players uh, drafted by the Adelaide Crows. And that was Zoe Prowse. So congratulations to the Devils for uh, Zoe's uh, new gig with the Crows. So I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about what transpired over the last week. Uh, Brown here in the semifinals and then jump into a little bit of what's going to be going on in the prelims here. And before I do that, or while I'm doing that, I do have uh, someone that I wanted to bring on today, somebody who I get the chance to talk to quite frequently on here who has some fantastic insight about the game. So I'm going to go ahead and send a quick invite over here to Harper and uh, Harper Pestinger from the where do we begin podcast? I talked to him a little bit earlier today. He wanted to hop on and he's going to do that here in just a moment. Uh, I did send him the invite so he can do that. If you're listening and you want to hop on as well, uh, send me your email in the message board that's up on the screen and we'll go ahead and get you on there. So we're going to go ahead and bring Harper on right now and he should be joining us momentarily and looking forward to hearing from him, and we shall uh, we shall get going there. But uh, I'm pretty thrilled to say that my uh, grand final prediction from the outset of the season is still in play. I had tipped the uh, Cats and the Bulldogs in the grand final, and it still is a possibility. Now, you have to keep in mind, I also did not even have the Ds in the top eight, so I did get that one pretty much wrong as well. So And I I do encourage you when you uh, when you get done with this episode, if you and I think it will probably be tomorrow, right about this time, maybe a little bit earlier in the evening. uh, Check out the live episode, which I'm sure they're going to be doing of the Lace Out podcast. Uh, Peps and j Dog, you know, do a fantastic job, a lot of laughs, a lot of great insight. um, Or as they like to say it there, sometimes they take their they have their shit takes on things and um but it's it's a, it's a great show so if you get a chance to check them out i would st- strongly encourage you to do that so good evening harper glad that you could hop on here sir how are you craig good to be on yeah it's i'm i'm great man i had a had a great weekend my neat weekend and uh just was a uh was a pretty good weekend we went uh picked apples and peaches and that type of thing yesterday as well so I got to do all yeah, that domesticated stuff. Course,
1: your cats into a prelim, uh, so you'd be feeling pretty good about that, I imagine, as well.
0: I am, I am thrilled, and I was actually going to talk about that a little bit later on. But yeah, you're right. What is it? The twelfth, twelfth time in the last eighteen years that they've yep, been in a prelim. I believe so, yeah, I and and granted, they haven't they haven't won since 2011. But you have to get to the prelim to have a chance at winning. So, I mean, that's. Even if you're not a Cats fan, and, and Damian Barrett wrote about this this week, it's uh, you kind of have to go. That's kind of impressive. So yeah,
1: yeah, definitely not wrong there. And you, you've, you guys have made twelve prelims. What was it? Twelve prelims in eighteen years. Yeah, uh, my boys Essendon uh, haven't got past the first week of final for seventeen years. So well, you're doing quite um, well. It's a pretty new, pretty fan.
0: Can I? Uh, you're not going to want to hear this. But I, uh, and and I'm saying this only for the the humorous effect of this, and this is other than to say you said they didn't get past the first round of finals. They didn't get past the first half of fi- the first round of finals. And I and yeah. I hate I hate Thanks, to bring bro. that up, but it's just. <laughs> um, do,
1: do you hate to bring it up though? i you just taking a bit no, of joy out of it, Craig.
0: No, uh, no, I, I'm t- I'm taking joy out of the fact that it was kind of a funny line. I trust me, I am not taking joy of, of saying that for the. For the extent of you know it being you know being something where you're it's gonna it's gonna hurt you physically or you know nah, but, but I, that's no, all right. No, I, all thought it was, I thought it right? was a funny line. Yeah. It was uh well, yeah. that was an ugly second half though, wasn't it? It just was it yeah.
1: was a, uh, It was an ugly second half. I'd probably yeah. rather not talk about that. Is there anything no, well, else you want to talk about, Craig?
0: Uh so so what assignments do you have to work on later on today for <laughs> For, for university. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, it's uh, – it's uh, yeah, I don't uh, – I'm not – trust me. I'm, I'm not trying to rub that in. That was simply because I thought – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was – uh, I,
1: I don't mind that you are.
0: It's all in the spirit of competition. I,
1: I'd be doing the same thing if the roles were reversed. Trust here, me on that one.
0: Here's the thing. As I said, my wife and I, <clears throat> yesterday we went picking apples and pears and peaches, and I picked probably – a hundred pounds of apples and twenty-five pounds of pears and peaches. Um, that joke is what they call low-hanging fruit. Yes. It so is. I, <laughs> it was there, and I. So I, I had to go ahead. I had to pick it. I couldn't. I couldn't leave it hanging on the vine. So it's been um,
1: low-hanging fruit in my life, and people are still. Well, I would be too. People are still picking it at every single
0: opportunity. And don't blame you for it. Well, it, it, but but again, that's the thing. I, I don't typically I don't bash other teams. You know, I, I so that that's the extent of what I'm going to be doing there. So don't, you know, I I don't have anything else written down. Where let's see, how can I make Essen and <laughs> did you have mad that one written today? down, Craig? No, that, I did not have that written down. That just that <laughs> oh, popped into my head when you, when you <laughs> said that that they couldn't get past the first round. I'm thinking to myself, they couldn't even get past halftime. <laughs> Yeah, you could
1: say that for just about every final uh, that we've been in in that uh, that long drought of uh, finals wins that we've been on. Uh, but Craig, is there is there anything else that you'd like to talk about? I didn't really uh, come on here with a specific thing in mind or anything we should uh, well, chat about. No,
0: I just I, I I guess I'd love to hear what your thoughts are about you know this this weekend coming up because you know we've got you've got. Uh, four of the or you've got three of the top four teams that have made it through and the the one that was not in the top four missed the top four by a single point and they they exacted they exacted their revenge against Brisbane so it was uh and and it was and I guess I have to ask was the in my estimation the Brisbane and Bulldogs game was one of the best games of of sport of any kind that I've ever seen and was it one yeah, of the wow. one of the most memorable games that you've watched?
1: Uh yeah, yeah, I would say it's definitely up there. Um, oh, one of the best. I'm trying to think of others from down the years. There have been uh, so 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 many good games. The Western Bulldogs GWS Freelim uh, in 2016 was a cracker. Uh, that's a I think the year before we started getting into footy, so you might yeah, not yeah. recall watching that. Uh, other people definitely will, though. Um,
0: yeah, I, I've been told to watch else? that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely do. Like, there, there have been so, so many. I don't think it's the absolute best game I've ever watched, but it's definitely up there. Uh, I'm having a bit of a mind blank at the moment for other good ones. But, uh, yeah, it was it was a great game. It was, did you think it was going to extra time with uh, – a minutes ago?
0: I, I did, honestly. I, I just – and I was really – in a way, I was wanting to see that happen because I had never seen that happen before. I was in, I was very interested in seeing how the AFL will actually you know, and I and I know that they put the, the time on the clock, but I've never actually seen it come to fruition. So it kind of would have been interesting to see the process for that before before they got themselves a winner because I'm not exactly positive on how that works.
1: Yeah, well, I think so. in in 2017 actually there was another extra time game uh, in the finals. It was an elimination final between West Coast and Port Adelaide. And uh, I think Luke Shuey kicked a goal. I'm not sure if it was after the siren, but it was very close to the end of the okay. end of extra time. So that was an amazing, amazing game, that one. Um, yeah, that's another one that's definitely up there with the best games I've seen. Uh, but it was a bit of an interesting one this weekend. Uh, through the finals, um, we've been doing live uh, on all the Where Do We Begin social pages, uh and I, not lucky but another friend and i have been doing like live shows straight after the game people right, right. do their questions comments we've been doing analysis and i'll tell you what we we like kind of write down our agenda and what our angle is going to be on it um and we go live as soon as the siren sounds and we, we were scrambling to get, get our agenda and our angle sorted at the end of that brisbane bulldogs game because it was tooing towing and throwing so much and uh yeah, you really didn't know what the result was going to be even with 20 seconds to go.
0: Yeah, it was it was amazing and it was and and I and I I think we saw well he came up on the losing side I think we saw the uh the emergence of the of the, the face of the next great small forward with you know with Charlie Cameron, you know, officially stepping out from Behind his his mentor, I guess you could say you know I, you know having played for a few years with Eddie Betts, you know he's he's I think he's going to be stepping into that role as that charismatic. I think it was that guy kind of, that did it, or well, I mean he's been that he's been that way before, but it just was it's uh, I mean he's had some fantastic games before, but in that setting, you know, doing it in a uh, in a uh, you know, elimination or in a uh, semifinal, it was just it was kind of a you know, really big stage to do it on. Yeah, you know, of course. If they, if they win, and they they would have done it in a grand final, then that would have been even uh, even better. But you know, it's just yeah, it's just you're it's- right.
1: But I think he definitely has had bigger impacts in, Oh, well, not bigger, but like as big impacts in big games. I think he kicked three goals against Richmond in the qualifying final last year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this uh, he was one of. Brisbane's best. I would maybe have him as the kind of fourth or fifth player, best player for Brisbane. He kicked all three of his goals in the first quarter, and I think. uh, Do you you agree with me when I say he went a bit quiet for the last three quarters?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because he only had uh, he only had thirteen disposals for the entire game. I mean, he didn't he didn't touch the ball a lot.
1: Yeah, well, not many small forwards do touch the ball a lot. That's true. He didn't get a goal for the last for the last three uh, quarters, which is. Uh, not something you want from one of your most important forwards in you know, a massive game like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, yeah. But I guess maybe you know, maybe sorry. I'm looking at it from like the 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 showmanship, if you will, because it's uh, you know, I mean, that's one of the things you know that 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 I think Eddie Betts is going to be most remembered for was just you know how he you know he was while he was out there playing, he was, you know, he was putting on a show for the fans as well. And he was always, you know, he always seemed to be engaging with the, uh, with the fans more so than, you know, maybe some of the other players did. Yeah. And,
1: yeah, definitely. And, and, and you, I wonder, asked me, um, sorry, you go.
0: No, I was going to say, I was going to say, you know, I, I, no, you go ahead. Cause it's, I have a kind of a follow up with a different, different player than in the situation, same situation.
1: Oh, I, I was going to ask, uh, kind of bounce a question back to you that you asked me before, but you go first.
0: Well, I was going to say, yeah, you know, looking at somebody who was kind of, you know, engaging in, in, and I wouldn't say it's not taunting, but it was kind of just a, especially, you know, when Bailey Smith kicked that goal late and was, yes, was he, uh, absolutely was, was, you know, the, during the broadcast, they were talking about him having ice water in his veins, if I'm not mistaken, that's what they were saying. that yep. That little, was, that little was action was that. there.
1: Was he yeah, doing the, that? That's or was... a, yeah, that's what he was doing. He was imitating okay. a bit of an American sports celebration, apparently. Okay. Uh, some people are a bit pissed off at him about that. And I think uh, <laughs> lots of non-Dogs fans aren't a huge fan of him because he's kind of come from this elite private school. And uh, I think the big reason is he's got about 200,000 Instagram followers, just a few less than you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <and, laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and he has all the teenage girls absolutely uh, <laughs> frothing over him. I'll tell you that. Like, um, he, he's very popular uh, with, with well, the kind of fifteen-year-old girls.
0: Well, he—well, uh, okay, I don't know about the fifteen-year-olds, but uh, you know, he, he's what oh, I think oh, twenty, probably twenty, 20 or twenty-one. An bloke. Yeah, yeah yeah, well, yeah. yeah. So it's it, that stands to reason that that's going to be the case, you know. But I—I I oh, was yeah. wondering, you know, was was he? Yeah, was was the uh the ministry of did the ministry of health actually talk to him and try to get him to, to advocate for people to get their vaccines? I don't know if that's what was going on there or not. Mm, yeah. yeah. Well if that, if uh, that was if, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, it just that was just kind of a, an, an, an interesting tape.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um uh you you asked me. Some of my best games that I've seen. I'll, I'll bounce uh-huh. it back to you. So this this is one of your oh, favorites. What goodness. are some other ones of your favorites?
0: Of uh, well, I mean, Just I of footy, yeah. of footy. I whew, this might have been the best game of footy I've seen. You know, there were the yeah, well, uh, the there was a game with the Cats a couple of years ago where uh, Zach Tui kicked a, a a barrel, if I'm not mistaken, from like 60 meters out after the after the horn uh to win a game that was uh and I think that might have actually been against Melbourne if I'm not mistaken. Um, that was that was pretty impressive. It's uh Yeah, it 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 comes off sounding bad like it's it's a bit of a yeah you know, I don't want to say that they're a blur at all, but yeah you know, because it but it's yeah. That, yeah you have essentially... put me on the spot there a little bit. I mean it's you know I, I have a lot of uh I have a lot of, of heartbreaking memories of great games as a as a Cleveland fan you know the 1986 AFC uh, AFC championship game between the Browns and the Broncos uh that mm-hmm. uh that that the Broncos went uh you know 98 yards in just about up two minutes to send the game to overtime and then win the game in overtime or the uh the Indians losing game seven of the 2016 2016 I think it was uh world series where they were they had been up they'd won they needed to win four out of the seven games they were up three to one and uh came back and just you know just missed it by just a, a hair um but, yeah uh
1: what about the um gary rowan kick after the siren against the dogs oh a few weeks the, uh, this earlier
0: this year yeah that was yeah. that was a really good one as well yeah and like mm, I, like i, I think- said at the outset my my prediction on the uh, finals is still in play, and we shall see what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely wouldn't be surprised if um the cats and the dogs, yeah. um yeah both got up this weekend. Really, it's yeah I know you'll probably do your tips a bit later or in another episode, but both of these games are so hard to call, aren't they? It's really
0: it's well, you know, yeah, yeah you definitely have to give Melbourne and Port Adelaide a bit of an advantage because they've had. A yeah. week to rest up and to get themselves, you know, healthy in any kind of little, you know, um, I guess the term is niggles. Uh, for those of you listening in the U.S., that's n-i-g-g-l-e-s uh, that they may have to get uh, to get themselves as healthy as they can possibly be, uh, you know. And that, yeah. And then you've got, you know, the Bulldogs, for example. You know, Cody Waitman's likely not going to be playing. Um, I, I haven't seen anything. Yeah, I, that was going to, yeah. Could you know, be with him, yeah. When he came down, you know, with about a minute and a half left of the game, you know, it, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't an injury as though there was any kind of a hyperextension to his knee, but it was just, you know, the knee bent just straight into the ground. And that's where that, that force could push up, not only put pressure on the knee, but up into his hip as well. Um, yes, you know, so I, I would, ha- I would, I would be stunned. I would be stunned if he's not playing this week. Um, yeah, if he doesn't give it a go,
1: they'll get him up somehow. Yeah, surely. yeah.
0: I, I would, I would be shocked if he's not out there. I'll um, give him yep. all the
1: painkillers he needs and all that. It's, it's their biggest game in five years, so yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll be doing anything to get him up for it. But Craig, I think we've got Melbourne Port, the dogs and the cats in the prelim. I think it's pretty fair to say that the cats are the team that. Absolutely, no one, other than cats fans, of course, wants to win the flag. I think lots of people wouldn't mind the D's or the uh, port or the dogs winning it. But the cats, I think people are a bit sick of them being so successful, and they want them out as soon as possible.
0: Well, that's, but yeah, <clears throat> and I and I, you're probably right on that. Uh, but it's it's uh, you know because the D's as as much as it you know. They've kind of had that little bit of a lovable loser kind of thing because they haven't won in in many years, like since nineteen sixty four, um, which I've got my my copy of the the book that uh, Tony Davis sent to me, the uh, the last hurrah yeah. uh, about their premiership there. Uh, that's sitting right next to me here. You know, and Port. I don't recall the last time Port Adelaide won um, two thousand four. Okay, I mean, so that's that's yeah. not that much. You know, and then the, the Bulldogs in 2016. I mean, the Bulldogs have won it more recently than the Cats.
1: Yeah, but the, the Bulldogs are a very different situation to the Cats, I think. The Cats Bull, have that's been true. Like, perennially up in those last few weeks of finals almost every year uh, for the last 15 years or so. I mm-hmm. think they've missed the finals once under Chris Scott. Uh, and he's been there since 2011. But the dogs—they—they they came from nowhere to win the 2016 flag. They didn't right, make right. finals for the next two years, and they, they haven't even won a final since 2016. I think they're still very lovable, and they are are they're from the—they're uh, kind of battlers, if you—if uh, mm-hmm. you know what that word means—a bit of an Aussie word, but uh, yeah, I, I think all the teams, uh, bar the cats, are uh, pretty. Pretty lovable, pretty likable, but the cats, I think people are a bit sick of. Maybe if people are tuning into this, they can let me know if they agree or disagree in the chat here. Be inter- interested to know.
0: Yeah, I just i I think you're probably right because you know th- th- that's a club that has had a lot of success. I mean, it, and again, they haven't won the premiership in a in a decade, but they've they've been on the precipice, you know, almost every year that they've been in the in the final four. And they've been playing and the prelims. No to that. And, and and I and I guess you know, as I as I said at the outset, you know, you have you have to kind of a, applaud that because they've been able to put themselves into that position. But you know, is there a, is there a point in time, and you know, the you know, and this yeah, you know, this is something that'll definitely get talked about here within the next starting in the next three weeks as the season winds down. Unfortunately, um. You know, that, that they do have one of the older lists, but yeah, and I and I and I know they kinda get joked at as being, you know, senior citizens, if you will, but and I you yeah, but they, yeah, I looked at uh there's one other club that's it's almost on par with them and that's you know, West Coast is that way. Yeah, West West Coast is almost was, as old. Least, yeah. yeah, in terms you know, in terms of the you know, the, the people at the top at the top end of their list, you know, tend to be the ones that are you know, that they're most reliant upon tend to be a lot of their most uh seasoned veterans as well so yeah well, it's- what,
1: what do you think of the um what do you think of the takes they've been uh really coming around every year around this time uh people for calling for maybe not chris scott's head but people saying chris scott should be under a lot more pressure than he is because of that uh, uh like apparently that poor finals record for the cats
0: yeah well in terms of actually winning winning the premiership and that's there are quite a few people in, like the cats uh, discussion boards online, who um, think that he should be sacked because he hasn't won the premiership. Uh, but then there there are probably an equal number that say, you know what, he's he keeps getting us to that point, and you know something has happened. The breaks here or there have occurred that have prevented you know them from winning a game you know that there was you know this injury or that or this player had a monster game against them or some unanticipated something or another happened that prevented them from winning um you know Dusty Martin remembers you know at halftime that he's Dusty Martin last year in the grand final and comes out and just blitzes them for for 40 minutes uh you what, know it's, what do you
1: think yourself
0: I yeah I think yeah, he's been pretty darn successful I mean i I if he's not there, you know, and again, I don't know enough about all of the the, the people who are kind of senior coaches in waiting. Um, you know, I I, I know that the, people talk about the I think it's Matthew Scarlett who's kind of their defensive specialist coach, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know that they, they talk about him possibly being a uh, you know a future Cats senior coach, but you know. It, And if he's not interested in it, you know, and and Carlton can't find a senior coach, you know, who who are the Cats going to find?
1: Yeah, who could do a better job? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... No uh, no team has been making finals as regularly, making the kind of latter stages of finals as well, as regularly as the Cats. It's it's phenomenal. And I think no other coach, hardly any other coach, could have done what Chris Scott's done in his... uh, decade mm-hmm. at the club, he, like, it's not like he had a super young list to work with in 2011. Um, there's probably, I guess, that there are about four or five players uh, left over from that last premiership at the club uh, still now. And he's managed to recruit well and use the kind of pulling power of the area and the success of the club and manage the list really well, manage injuries pretty well. Because right, cats right. don't have too often have like a major, major,
0: major injury crisis. And we've got, we've yeah, got, we, they kind of have one right now, though. Unfortunately, with with Tom Stewart. Do I mean they've got a couple of players out? Yeah. Do you, who, who are they? Just well, to me, yeah. Them. Well, Par Parfit's going to be out. He's he's having uh, surgery on his hamstring. But you know, it it took them. You know, and this this kind of gets back to you know I think what happened with the last time they played Melbourne also is that you know they had just lost you know Tom Stewart who you could make the argument might be the best defensive player in the game you know or, or maybe maybe top five if if you want to go if you want if you don't want to say he's the best yeah you know, he might be the, one of the top five defensive players yeah. in the game I don't want to be so bold as to say he's the best okay because I don't you know he's I'm there, I'm definitely. yeah he's definitely up there. And it was you know that left a huge void in their defense that they've had to figure out how to fill. And you know they they brought back uh, Zach Tui this past week who had a a fantastic game. Uh, So I'm just I. Yeah, I think uh,
1: I don't think you could call that a major injury crisis. To be honest, like every every team throughout the year, almost every team at every stage of the year has a a key player out. Unless they've really either got lucky or really managed their uh, kind of fitness and workload of players really well, yeah. uh, such as a uh, Melbourne probably
0: have done that uh, this season. Well, yeah, I mean you look at uh, you know look at you know you know Jeremy Cameron this year who only who only played uh, I think he only played fourteen of the games this year for the Cats so far out of the twenty 20- like yeah out of the 24 that they've played now, he, you know, see, he missed almost half the season. So it, you could, you can make an argument that this, you know, and, and Dangerfield was out, you know, for quite a few games as well, of course, with the suspension um, early in the season. So, that it, and that's not necessarily an injury, but you know, they've, they've not had the the cohesion that, uh, that a club would like to have. So maybe they're coming into, they're rounding into form right here. And now, and yes, they, they beat, you know, GWS without Toby Green, uh, you know, a, a club that you know had you know a couple of injuries themselves, um, but you know, I, I I don't know. I I I like their chances this week. You know, it's yeah. Uh, you know, as we were talking about off air, you know, they 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 brought back in you know Jeremy Cameron. They brought you know he I think that was his first game back was against uh, Melbourne in round twenty three, if I'm not mistaken, because he didn't play. I don't think he played the week before. You know, so so Cameron's back. Tui is back in there. Mitch Duncan is back in on the side as well, you know who's not a half bad midfielder. But now they've you know they've got to replace Parfit. But but there has actually been discussion, uh, you know, from the the fans on the different message boards and such that you know that Parfit shouldn't be getting a game anyway. That you know people were arguing that uh, that uh, Quentin Narkle should be out there instead of him, or even you know some people had been saying that uh, that Zach Guthrie should be getting that spot because you know Guthrie had, you know when he's had an opportunity to play this year. Has played much better than he had previously because you know the, I i had always joked that you know that it was going to be great to see what kind of a player he he was going to be when he finally finished going through puberty, uh and he and he is he's he he has bulked up this year and and again he he's not a star but he's he's become a much more serviceable player than he he had previously been the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't follow the cats enough to know how well Zach has right, right. gone, but I know Qu- Quentin Narkle he's definitely a bit too inconsistent to be an absolute superstar for the time being. I could definitely see him moving clubs uh, very soon. But uh, having said that, Craig, I've, I've got to get back to
0: work. So I know I'll you do
1: listening, keep listening to the show. Um, thanks very much for having me hey, again. It's always a
0: pleasure to speak yeah, to you. Yeah. You, you have a great, great evening there and get your schoolwork done, man. Okay.
1: Thanks very much, man. Have a okay.
0: Good Take it easy. Take it easy. All right, thanks Harper for coming on today. There, um, yeah. So I, as I was talking with, Har- you know, with Harper, and these are some of the notes that I had jotted down for today. Is that yeah, it is, yeah. You know, I'm not, I, know, like I said, I'm not trying to toot the horn of the club that I support, but yeah, you know, it is an impressive run. And I'm, you know, I was looking at the uh, some of the you know comparisons, and you know, well, 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 the, while the uh, you know, it's it's like the you know, if you're an NFL fan, it's like the, you know the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Baltimore Ravens. Consistently making the playoffs. Now they may not have won the Super Bowl because the uh, the Patriots seem to keep winning it, you know, more often than not. Uh, but the fact that they had that continuous run of of being able to actually get themselves in a position to have a chance of winning it, it you know, it's an impressive thing because there there are you know in many cases an equal number of clubs that are consistently in a position f- and, and I and I support one of them um there's you know there are clubs out there that have an equal you know put themselves in an equal position to go ahead and con- compete for the top pick in the draft because they're terrible year in and year out now and again you know that you know that being the Cleveland Browns but they've they've definitely turned the corner and have have put themselves in a position to be a a legitimate, you know, champion uh, of the NFL this year. You know, the Green Bay Packers over the last twenty years, they have you know they've won a couple of championships, but they you know but they are consistently there. They are always on the precipice of playing in the Super Bowl. So, I think you have to be commended for putting yourself in a position to where you can actually. Have that chance to play in the championship game in whatever sport it happens to be, in whatever activity it happens to be, whether it be the NBA, Major League Baseball, the AFL, the NFL, the the NBL. And I don't know, I don't know anything about the NBL, so I, I'm not going to speculate as to what teams are good or what what teams are not good, that type of thing. But you you have to you have to show up at the dance in order to get on the dance floor. If you don't even show up you're, de- you're definitely not going to get on the dance floor okay so yeah, i think that that's uh that that's definitely something that that, that needs to transpire and and i like i said I, I think that the cats should be applauded for it um yeah i think we're we're you know we're getting ready to start to see a run of i think the d's are probably going to be there for the foreseeable future, I think the Bulldogs are very likely to be there as well. I mean, that with that young midfield that they've got there, I, I, how do you not see them there? Um, who knows? After this year, maybe the cats start to slip a little bit. Who knows? I mean, let's get this year done first and see how it goes. But, you know, they are, as I'd mentioned, they are a, definitely a senior side and they're, they're a club that is, uh, is definitely geared to win right now and again you know the articles coming out uh in the last couple of days where you know tom uh tom hawkins is saying you know i I have no intent of stepping down yeah i'm 33 but I'm, i'm enjoying the game i'm having a hell of a lot of fun playing it i'm not going anywhere you know so i guess that that would probably be a good thing for the cats as long as he can keep performing at the level that he is but you know I was wondering what's gonna happen with the uh with that club this week because again, you know, as I was talking with, with Harper, uh and by the way, um and I believe her name was Michelle Wu, if I'm not mistaken, uh, an Olympic diver. Um Harper's show, Where Do We Begin, uh just published a new uh interview with her. I believe that was her name, Michelle Wu, the uh the Australian diver who's been to several Olympics. Melissa, I'm sorry, not Michelle, Melissa Wu. Um, I don't know who Michelle Wu happens to be, but uh, it's definitely Melissa. She got the bronze this year in Tokyo. I think she's also a silver medalist at one point in time as well. Um, so make sure you check that out as well. And, and if you enjoy the Olympics, go back and check out their you know their Tokyo Daily stuff because they did a, a great job looking at the uh, at the games as they were going on, and it, that was certainly a yeoman's effort on their part. Very impressive. So you know, I. <clears throat> I'm probably going to just give my, my tips in this episode before I, before I wrap it up today, but I, I just think that the, uh, I think the cats are definitely going to play a different style of game this week against, uh, against Melbourne, uh, because, you know, they got out to a huge lead and, uh, you know, they've, they've made, they made a significant change in their lineup this past week. Uh, they, you know, they brought, uh, Radigalia in to replace, um, Ostensibly to replace Luke Dahlhouse, who you know was was always good for you know a handful of tackles each game, but when you you went and looked at the stat sheet afterwards, you were wondering what else did he actually do during the course of the game? Uh, you know, Radically gives them you know another option to you know get the ball in uh, to the forward fifty. Now he didn't have a lot of touches this past week. I think he only had a a handful of touches. I think he, he kicked one goal. You know, so not exactly a a huge. Um, contribution, but certainly somebody who could take the pressure off of Jeremy Cameron, Gary Rowan, Tom Hawkins, and hopefully give them an opportunity to uh, to find the scoreboard from different angles or different avenues. You know, again, you know Brandon Parford, who'd had a solid season this year, is is going to have to be replaced. The, you know, the the Bulldogs, as as we were talking about there. Are likely to have to find a uh, replacement this week for for Cody Waitman, but it's and it's just he, he's just a fun player to watch. I mean, and and I yeah I, I I watch the Bulldogs play, and and I just is there a player that 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 looks like they're having more fun playing the game? than, 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 Cody Waitman does. He just looks like he's happy to be, I mean, and granted, he, and, and he plays hard and he's not a big guy at all, but is there a guy that has, that looks like they're having more fun playing the game than him while still doing a pretty decent job of playing the game? It's just, it's a, uh, it's just kind of an interesting uh, look at, at, at how he, uh, you know, how he approaches the game and it's, and, and maybe he just you know helps to, uh, you know, Relax, some of his his uh, teammates while he's out there. Now it's like I said, I I wonder you know what's going to happen with Bontempelli. You know, they're going to get him ready to go. They'll get him strapped up, whatever they need to do. Uh, he's going to be out there. You know, he, he may not feel his leg during the course of the game, uh, but I'm sure he's going to go out there and uh, um, you know, it's a uh, yeah. Harper just posted on here that that Waitman's a great player, but it's destined to be highly disliked. And, and you know in a way that's sad because you know and I guess it's it's definitely being disliked by fans of the opposition because if he's going out there and he's and he's beating you and he and you know he's putting losses up on your on your spot on the ladder, you certainly don't want to watch him having a good time doing it. You just like, you know, oh, quit smiling. You're already kicking our ass. Just, just knock it off. It's, yeah, So I, I, that's a great point, you know, that, uh, um, that, that he's going to, you know, he's going to be somebody who is likely to become a villain for other clubs, but he's going to certainly be beholden to and be loved by Bulldog supporters because of that, uh, that infectious, smile and the happy way that he carries himself out there. I think that's going to definitely benefit him, you know, going forward with Bulldog supporters, but, uh, um, but not so much with the, the opposition. Yeah. And you were, you know, you were talking there about uh, Harper mentioned there, he's very crafty at getting free kicks too. And and I think, you know, in some ways, you know, you, you wonder, is that uh, some of that have to do with the, you know, just the, uh, the size of the player and the fact that maybe they get bounced a little bounced around a little bit more in contests, you know, cause like I said, he's not a, he's not a big guy by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so it's uh you know, it's uh, let's see. I mean, he is uh, 177 centimeters and only 73 kilograms. So that's a hundred and about 160 pounds. That's not a big guy at all. So you know you're, he's definitely going to be somebody who's going to get bumped and bounced and that type of thing um you know it's uh yeah I, I, he's, he's fun to watch and, and and i just uh and every time i watch him out there um he he reminds me and and i and i do, i have no idea if he actually is involved with this or not but he just looks like a uh, a guy who could also be um, just as easily at home as a uh, as a professional surfer. And i uh, I watched a, a an Australian series on on television here recently called Eight Hundred Words, and some of you have probably seen it if you're in Australia listening. He reminds me of the 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 main character, the the dad who moved his uh his kids to New Zealand after his wife passed away. Uh the, the and I can't think of his name right now. Um he's a the repairman that's rebuilding his house, but he's a surfer. He reminds me of, of that character. And you know, watching Cody Waitman out there it, it 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 almost looks like he'd be he'd be speaking like uh like a surfer dude out there on the ground when he's uh, talking to his buddies. And I can I can be completely wrong on that, but this is kind of the, that's kind of the vibe with the the, 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 the flowing blonde, you know, locks him and, it, and it's not really in a mullet necessarily, but it's just kind of, it's just kind of that, that look that's kind of interesting to see there, you know, so I, I, I the one thing I really wanted to also talk about here today, you know, before I, I wrap this up is I, I was shocked to see, you know, the, the reports coming out, you know, that Lockie Neal is uh, already looking to get out of brisbane or should i say back to Fremantle? um nothing has been that i've seen has as of yet has come out and confirmed this at all but uh i'm thinking you know and i and i mentioned this to somebody online last night that maybe he realized that he's much more a fan of sunsets than sunrises and decided he wanted to head back to the west coast um but you know, and I guess it's maybe it's that family draw again. Uh, from what it's it's sounding like that you know that he and his wife are expecting a child. I don't. I, I have no idea if they have kids right now or not. It's not something I'm that concerned about. Uh, but it sounds like you know that's kind of the you know the in a way the Tim Kelly type situation where he's wanting to go back home to raise his kids uh, to have them be raised in in West Australia rather than uh, up in Brisbane and. And I, and I, and I know that, you know, when, when players, you know, kind of request a trade to a certain club, those things generally get worked out and it doesn't always come to, you know, be a perfect solution, but I wondered what if Fremantle says, no, we don't want to bring you back. What happens then? Does he then, uh, you know, pivot and say, well, okay, I could go, I could go to the Eagles you know, the Eagles, you know, have a very, you know, as I was talking to Harper about earlier in the episode, they have a very veteran side. They've, they've, they've got some significant salary commitments to some senior players. Would they have room on their list for, you know, and he's, he's a low medalist. Okay. You know, if you, if you have the ability to bring on a brown low medalist, you try to find a way to get it done, but You know, are they going to move, you know, heaven and earth to try to get that to happen? I don't know. You know, and it's uh, somebody had mentioned this was uh, Rick Shabani had actually mentioned this to me on Messenger yesterday that that supposedly the relationship that he's having with uh, Mitch Robinson and Dane Zorko is not great. Now, again, I have no confirmation of that at all, but it's uh, if, if they're not, if they're maybe that has something to do with it. But uh, I guess if he wants to go home, they're going to probably try to find him a way to get there. But but I just wonder what happens if they say, no, we we really don't want to bring you on board. And now that he's kind of, you know, you know, tried to push himself out of Brisbane and he's got to go back there kind of with his tail tucked between his legs, you know, how is that going to go over? And how's that relationship going to be between the Brisbane fans who are not going to be happy that he's wanted out of their club after only having been there for a couple of years. I, I just, I, I find that interesting and it's, it's just, it's going to be to me kind of a neat thing to see what happens with that. Um, going forward here. Um, you know, I, like I said, I will, I want to go ahead and uh, wrap up this episode, but like, I, like I had mentioned, I, I was going to, you know, do my, my tips this round, just in, in passing, um, you know, I'm getting ready to record later on this afternoon, a, uh, uh another episode and I'm looking forward to this one because this is going to be one where I'm going to be, uh, sitting down and doing my NFL preview. Now I know this is a footy podcast, but I also know that there are a lot of footy fans who are also NFL fans and the NFL season begins, uh, in about six days. And I'm, I'm going to do something with this one that's a little different than, I, than I've ever heard anybody do. Uh, I hope you'll, you'll check that out because I think it's going to be, I'm going to combine the NFL and the AFL together a little bit. And I'm going to look back at the 2020 NFL season. And I'm going to go through the, uh, the season and the, the standings, uh, the ladder, if you will. Uh, in the NFL and apply to it the way that the AFL goes about uh, putting the ladder together. And, you know, because you, if you're an NFL fan, you know that there are, you know, you win the division, you know, you win your division, you get in and then there are wildcard teams and that sort of thing. But I'm going to go ahead and turn it around a little bit and see how things would have been different uh, if the NFL used the AFL's approach and had either one big league I haven't decided if I'm going to go one big league or the two conferences because there would be 16 teams in each conference. I'm probably going to go that route with it, but I'm looking forward to to doing that a little bit later on today. Um, But, yeah, I I think, you know, looking first at the Bulldogs and the Port Adelaide game, you know, I – Port Adelaide – and, again, the Bulldogs went into Brisbane – and played in front of a raucous Brisbane crowd and squeaked by. Okay. Um, but at maybe it may be a significant cost. The you know, the in, you know that the injury to, to their captain. Um you know, he's again not gonna be shocked if if he's playing. I, I'm almost positive he's gonna be out there. But what kind of an impact is he gonna have other than his presence on the ground? If he if he's in any way slow down i mean that could certainly you know trip up the way that the uh, the cat that the bulldogs tend to approach things um you know port adelaide has had a, a week to to rest up to get healthy they're going to be playing in front of their home fans are the bulldogs going to be able to go 2 for 2 and knock off you know a higher seeded team on their home ground in front of fans that Again, this year, there have not been a whole lot of fans in the stands, unfortunately. I I just think that Port Adelaide being at home is going to give them just the slightest of advantages. And I, and I think Port Adelaide is going to win this one by about a goal, by about six points. I don't think either one of these games are going to be by wide margins at all. Okay, so I'm going with Port Adelaide by about a goal in this game and you know heading to the other game the uh, the Geelong and uh, Melbourne game you know this is one of those games where it's you know do I go you know is it like do I go with my head or do I go with my heart and I you know the D's have you know they, they've played fantastic footy this year you know the cats in many cases you know you, you found instances where they've kind of scuffled and struggled they've lost games that they shouldn't have lost. Or you wouldn't have thought they sh- they would have lost. Okay, that's not not to take anything away from you know Adelaide back in round one, um, but uh, yeah, this, this is a, this is a club that has had a lot of their components out for one reason or another. Um, you know, you, you you miss Jeremy Cameron for basically half the season, and this is a guy who was supposed to come in and uh, and revolutionize their their forward presence, if you will, and, and make live, life easier for for Tom Hawkins while making it easier for himself as well, they're finally starting to hit their stride a little bit. Um, and as I'd mentioned earlier in the episode, you know, the last time these two clubs played, the Cats got out into a 44-point lead. And then they played – and this, this is one of the things that, that, you know, that, you know, Harper, you talked about, you know, sacking Chris Scott at all. This is one of those things that uh that some people don't like about him, I think, is that 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 he tends to um not stay aggressive once they get out to a lead. You know, cause because you go back and you watch that game with, with with uh Melbourne a few weeks ago. They didn't play to win the game. They played to not lose the game. And they kept, you know, giving up ground and allow and and, and not, don't take anything away from from Melbourne because they did a hell of a job coming back. But the cats were not terribly aggressive, you know, offensively in that game. And. Uh, and, you know, they lost after, you know, a kick after the siren, you know, could they have possibly put more points up on the on the scoreboard during the course of that game? Sure. Could they have been more aggressive? Yeah, I think they probably could have will they do that again this you know if there's if they get into into a big lead again this week will that happen i would have to think that they would be a little bit more aggressive and keep pressing the game i think they almost have to do that because the d's are an explosive side and they can you know they can score a ton of points and it's a great defensive club now and again will the d's put themselves in a position to where they're going to find themselves 44 points down i would think not but again, I think this is gonna be a really close game. And I and I, I'm gonna go with my heart on this one. And I and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the Cats are going to completely flip the script. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have uh you know, the guy who has not had a great reputation of playing finals. Uh he had an okay game this past week, but I'm gonna have I've got Gary Rowan. Kicking as Harper mentioned earlier, I've got Gary Rowan kicking a goal after the horn to beat the, to beat the, uh, the D's by four points. Okay. I've got him kicking a goal to win by four. So I'm going with Port Adelaide and I'm going to go with, with Geelong this week in a rematch of the, uh, the first round of finals. And then we'll see what happens with that. So those are going to be my tips for this, this round here. And, uh, Yeah. I thank those of you who have tuned in to listen to the, the live episode. Um, remember, you know, you know, check out, uh, Harper's podcast, the, where do we begin podcast? Make sure you check out, uh, lace out as well. Uh, J dog and peps over there. They're going to be doing their I'm sure they're live episode here. Uh, and I, I kind of have this funny feeling that, uh, um, only one of those two gentlemen will agree with me on their tips. Uh, but I do invite you to check out the, uh, the podcast uh, website. Um, remember, if you're somebody who wants to become a guest on the show, there's a guest intake form there now uh, that you can fill out and uh, lets me know a little bit about you. I'll get in touch with you, uh, try to get something lined up to bring you on the show. I'm always looking for guests. Um, remember, if you want to help out the podcast, you can go to the Buy Me a Coffee page, which is up on the store, on the storefront of the website. Um, you could also check out the uh, the Redbubble page. I've got a bunch of stickers in my cart on there as well. So, and again, as I mentioned in a lot of episodes, if you've got a, you know a local footy club sticker, you would want to drop in the mail. That'd be fantastic. Uh, I always put my mailing address in the show notes. Kind of strange doing that, but but I have. Um, let's see here. Again, you can find me at uh, yank underscore on on Twitter. A yank on the footy on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you want to reach me by email, you can do it at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. Now I appreciate you listening. This has been fun to get back into doing a live episode. Uh, I went to bed way too late last night. I didn't get to bed till about 1230 and got up, uh, at about five 15 this morning. So it was a very quick turnaround here. I do hope that you'll consider, sharing the episode with your friends and family. I'd love it. If you could take a second and uh, drop a review over on, uh, Apple podcast, or even on my website, lets me share those out on social media and hopefully uh, get uh, you know maybe some more listeners in on the show because I'd love to get uh, as many folks listening as I possibly can. Now, I, I know that the vaccines are are rolling out for those of you who are choosing to do that in Australia. I hope that you are safe. I hope that you are healthy. Stay in touch with one another. I appreciate each and every one of you who tune in this this journey of doing this podcast has been a lot of fun. I I cannot thank those of you who listen and those of you who have contributed and said positive things to me about the show and even giving me you know great critiques and said hey maybe this could be a little bit better. I truly appreciate all that you have done as far as that goes, folks. I, I cannot thank you enough for that. This has been a uh, this has been a lot of fun doing this, and I'm you know I, I'm just getting started. I'm about one hundred and forty five episodes in. I think technically this would be my 145th episode, uh, even though I don't number the live episodes. I can't I can't thank you enough. But take care of each other. Reach out. Give give your friends a call. Give your family a call. Uh, to all of you dads listening in Australia, I know yesterday was Father's Day. I hope you had a fantastic Father's Day. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, remember you can reach me at my website, yankonthefooty.com. And until next time, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.